feel as if the burdens of life might crush you if you don't get some extra support? Take heart. God has already given you all you need. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah begins a powerful teaching series called Everything You Need to unpack that profound truth. To lay the groundwork for what lies ahead, here's David to introduce today's uplifting message, The Promise. You know, uh, when I was growing up, we used to sing in our Sunday school classes a little song that went like this. Every promise in the book is mine, every chapter, every verse, every line. I didn't know until later that that was not really an accurate song to sing because all the promises are not for us. Many of them are for Israel. But there's enough for us. There's a lot of promises in the Bible. In fact, someone has said, if you read every verse in the Bible and you study it long enough, a promise will start oozing out of the verse. Um, I, I don't know if I've ever experienced it at that level, but I'm telling you the Bible is filled with wonderful, encouraging promises for anyone who will just believe them and read them and uh, accept them. Today we're going to talk about the promise. We're in a study of a passage of Scripture in Second Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. I hope you'll join us there. Get your Bible ready. We're going to talk about the promise in just a moment. We are very excited about the coming of Easter. I know it's a ways, but we have some special things to tell you about. Before Christmas, we published a book on uh, Christmas for 25 days of reading before Christmas Day. One of the most popular things we ever did. In fact, people bought more bundles of that book than they bought individual copies. It was an amazing thing to see because they wanted to give them to their friends. Well, we have another one of those books, just like that one, only this is about Easter. It's called A Season of Hope, and it will prepare your heart for Easter with 25 days of hope, devotionals, scripture readings, Easter reflections, answers to questions about Easter, and much more. You can get this book from Turning Point, and uh, you should go to our website and find out all about it. Well, let's get started with this lesson. This is The Promise. People often ask me, Pastor, what's going on in the world today? What's the biggest issue we all face? Now, I have a lot of answers for that. I'm not sure any of them are the final perfect answer. But each of the answers I give seems to have the same overarching word, and it's the word pressure. I begin reading a passage of Scripture in the New Testament. The passage is in 2 Peter chapter 1, and the key verses are verses 3 through 11. Today, we're going to just deal with the first few verses of the first words that God speaks to us from this passage. Listen to the words as I read them. His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue by which we have been given exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these we may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Listen to me. According to Peter, who walked alongside of Jesus, you and I have been given everything we need for life and godliness. That's what it says. Not some things you need. Not many things you need. Not even most things you need. It's pretty specific. Everything you need. 
believe it or not, men and women, God has already provided the resources you need to confidently live the life you were created to live. So what specifically are those resources? What has God given us? It starts, first of all, with access to his power. Peter tells us that we have access to the power of God. He says, by his divine power, we have been given everything we need. So let me unpack what Peter meant by this. What does he mean that we have God's power? First of all, it's unlimited power. Who is the most powerful person of all the powerful people in all of the universe? Well, we're talking about him today. It's God Almighty. And since God has all the power in the universe, and it's at his command, guess what? He can do anything he wants to with it. It's his power. He has perfect control over his power. And he chooses, listen to me, he chooses to take that incredible power and equip us with that very power to handle the things that happen in our life. I can't do these things in my own strength, in my own power, but I have been connected to an incredible power source. And that power source is God Almighty. If you read through the Bible, you'll find the word power in almost every Old and New Testament book. If you go through the scripture and you highlight this word, you will run out of yellow ink, I promise you. The Bible says, listen, power belongs to God. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven in earth is yours. There is no problem, there is no situation in life for which God's mighty power is not adequate. You will never have a problem that's too big for God's power. You may think you're in the middle of one right now. It's just because you don't understand God's power. But God is able to do above and beyond all that we could ever ask or think. And through his power, we don't have to be victims. We can be victors. God's power is unlimited. Secondly, his power is unleashed. When you get Jesus Christ into your life, when you become a Christian, the power of God Almighty is turned on in your life. Think what would happen if every follower of Jesus Christ stopped looking everywhere else for this power and started looking to God for this power. Isn't it amazing that we run hither and yon, to and fro, trying to find all these things we supposedly think we need, and God tells us we already have them. We're wasting all this time running to the wrong place when we've been told by the God who created us that he's already equipped us for what we need. So Jesus said... With God, all things are possible. All things. God's power is unlimited. It's an unleashed power. It goes to work in your life the moment you become a Christian. Here's the last thing about the power of God. It's unlocked. Listen to this. Second Peter 1.3 says, Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. In other words, the power of God comes to you through your relationship with Jesus Christ. This isn't some magic formula. This is not some elixir. There's no special sauce in this. It's about your relationship with Jesus Christ. When you have a personal connection with Jesus Christ and when you walk with him and you get to know him better every day, which includes studying his book, and you do that with a sense of listening to his voice and meeting with him in prayer, 
What happens is you begin to grow in your relationship with Christ. God's energy and his power radiates from his word, and we're going to get to that in a moment. But if you feel overwhelmed with life, men and women, you have to immerse yourself in the scriptures. Spend time with God in prayer and let his power lift you and sustain you. The way that you download the power of God is through his son, Jesus Christ. When he comes into your life, he lives within you. And now you are connected with almighty God. And you can begin as you build your relationship with him to see that power come alive. So the first thing that God wants to give you is his power. But the second thing you notice in the first part of 2 Peter 1 is that you have God's promises too. So listen to what Peter said. He says, you have divine power. Now watch this. By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. Now I want to give you a little visual here. Here is the power of God. This is like a huge generator. This is God's power. And here I am over here living my life, and I'm not very big compared to that. How do I, little old me, how do I get connected with that power source? The Bible is very clear. It says this. We get connected with God as our power source by the exceeding great and precious promises of this book. God's power is not available apart from the scripture. If you want the power of God to be working in your life, don't ignore this book. Why does Peter call them exceedingly great and precious? Well, they're great for one reason, simply because they come from a great God. They lead to a great life. But these promises are great for at least three additional reasons. And I'm going to give you the reasons why they're great, why you need to really focus on this. Number one, God's promises are incalculable. They're exceedingly great because you can't even count them. Here's the second reason why these promises are so important. Not only are they incalculable, but they're infallible. God's promises are great because they always are true. Here's what the Bible says about God's promises in 2 Corinthians 1.20. The Bible says, For every one of God's promises is yes in Christ, Therefore, through him, we also say amen to the glory of God. No matter how many promises God has made, they are all yes in Christ, and through us, they are amen. The Bible teaches that God keeps every promise he has ever made. He never outpromises himself. He's never not fully kept his promise. He keeps them fully, totally, in detail, and forever. His word cannot be broken, and that's why his promises are described as exceedingly great and precious. So we love his promises because there are so many of them. We love his promises because he never breaks them. And we love his promises, thirdly, because they're always available to us. There's a little word that Peter loves to use, and he writes it in his book more than any other writer, I think. It's the word precious. He's using it eight times in the two letters that have his name attached to them. He describes God's promises here as precious. And when he uses that word, he means not in a sentimental way. He means think precious stones, think precious metals, think gold. One of the reasons gold is so precious is because there's not a lot of it. There's not a huge amount of gold, and so we call it a precious metal. And what Peter is talking about here in 2 Peter 1 is that each and every promise God issues you in his word 
is as precious as gold. I believe that if you get a hold of the right promise in the right situation, it'll change everything about you, everything about your life. And ladies and gentlemen, we don't have to go hunting for these promises. We have them in our hands. The precious promises of God we take with us to church every week. We lay the book of those promises down on the nightstand before we go to bed. And we read it in the morning. Sometimes we read it at night. And as you read this book, you understand and recognize the life-changing gifts that God has given you. And when you understand these things, you cannot believe you have them. They're here. And this is what Peter wants us to understand. We don't have to wait for these. We don't have to do anything to get them. We don't have to sign up for them. There's no class where we have to go and learn about them. The Bible says God has given you everything you need through his great, precious promises. But number three, you have God's purpose. What is God doing in your life? Why is he doing all of this? Why does God provide you with his divine power through his promises? Because he wants to do something in your life. He has a purpose in mind for you. Listen to what Peter says in 2 Peter 1, 3, and 4. His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, that through these things we might be partakers of his divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now those are some wordy statements. Let me unpack them. First of all, God's purpose for you is that you get his nature. The nature of God that's within you, that's growing in you, in opposition to your old nature, that new nature is being fed. How is it fed? Through the promises of God. You connect the word of God with the nature of God within you. And the Bible says when you do that, number one, you become more godly. And number two, he promises that if you do that, you will escape the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now let's just pause for a moment and ask ourselves, what in the world does that mean? And the Bible says that you and I as believers, we've been called to live righteous lives in the midst of that culture. We can't be absorbed into this culture. We have to be different. How do we do that? You have to do it through the power of God. Well, how do you get the power of God? Through his great and precious promises that are downloaded into your heart. You lean on the power of God and the promises of God. What happens is you become more like Jesus and less like the world. When we spend time with God, when we draw from his power and we live on his promises, he fulfills his purpose in us little by little, making us more and more like himself. And the longer we walk with the Lord and the closer we get to him, guess what? The more we look alike. And let me tell you something. He's not going to change to look like us. We got to do all the changing, right? The Bible says that when we practice this, we are conformed to the image of God's Son, Romans 8, 29. Well, there you have it. God's power, God's promises, and God's provision. Peter said, you have everything you need for life and godliness. Everything. Not some things. Everything. Now, you say, okay, Pastor, I got that. How do I download all this stuff? So I got a little five-point conclusion. It sounds like I'm a motivational speaker, but hopefully this will be motivational. Here's my five-step strategy for analyzing and downloading this. Here we go. Number one, analyze. Number two, personalize. Number three, memorize. Number four, verbalize. And number five, organize. You ready? Step one, analyze. If you're feeling a little bit powerless in some areas of your life as a Christian, take inventory. 
Where do you find yourself most lacking power? What do you struggle with? What are your most difficult challenges? Where are you frustrated most in your Christian life? Where are you not doing what you thought you should be doing? What's keeping you from enjoying a life of godliness and joy on your Christian journey? All of us, no matter who we are, listen to me, if we follow the Lord Jesus for very long, we have what the Bible calls some besetting sins. Even the great apostle Paul had his struggles. Have you ever read this verse? He wrote, for what I will to do, that I don't practice. And what I hate, that I do. For the good that I will do, I don't do. But the evil I will not do, that's what I do. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me? That sounds kind of contemporary, doesn't it? I could have written that verse for myself, and so could you. So when you're trying to take the promises of God and make them work in your life, the first thing you have to ask yourself is this. Where in my life do I need a promise from God? Where do I need a scripture to fortify my life? Sometimes we allow the word of God to become so general, it doesn't have any particular good. The word of God was meant to help us with personal things. So first thing you do is you analyze. Number two, after you analyze, personalize. What does that mean? Well, now that you have your list, start finding the promises of God's word that deal with your challenges. Build a customized treasure of verses that speak to the issues that you are facing. If you've never done anything like this before, get a good concordance and look up the key words on your list. You can use a written concordance or many of you can use it on your computer. What does the Bible say about this thing that I'm struggling with? Get your list of verses that go with your problem. How do I get God's power and integrate it into the thing I'm dealing with? It's going to be through a scripture. Connect your life with the power source. Remember, The book of the Bible with the most promises is Isaiah, and the chapter with the most promises is Psalm 37. So analyze. Here's what my need is. Personalize. Here's what the scripture says. I know this one will kill you. Memorize. How many of you know there's a tremendous value in memorizing scripture? The psalmist said this, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. So you got to get some stuff in your hard drive. You know, the Holy Spirit can only use what you have in your hard drive. He can't make you aware of something that's not there. So as hard as it may be, just take one simple verse, one verse that deals with something you're dealing with. Memorize that verse. Call it to memory. And when you memorize the verse on your list, you can recall that promise anytime, no matter where you are. Now, here's the fourth one. I don't ever hear anybody talk about this. Analyze, personalize, memorize. Fourth, verbalize. If you want to make these promises stick to the ribs of your spiritual being, find ways to share them with others. Speak them out loud. I mean, my wife has helped me memorize, and I'll read it, and she says, no, you missed this verse. You know, Now you've got computers, and you can write them out, and there's all kinds of ways to do this. But what you need to do, once you get a verse, share it as often as you can. Share it with a spouse. Share it with a close friend. Find every excuse you can say these promises out loud. Say them aloud and address them to your problem. So here you go. Analyze, figure out what it is you're dealing with. Personalize, find the right scripture. Memorize, commit some of them to memory. Number four, verbalize, tell them to everybody. Because as soon as you start telling them to somebody, it will be easier for you to remember them. And then organize. When you start doing this, you'll get a little list. So you organize the list. And here's how you do it. Get yourself a little loose leaf notebook that you can move the pages around. Whatever problem it is you're working with, put this title at the top of the page. When you get a verse from your study, 
print the verse out, write it out on the page. Little by little, you're not only adding verses, but you're adding pages. Then you can put those pages in alphabetical order, and you've built your own little memory bank to help you download the power of God into your own life. And I want to tell you something, friends. I've tried to put this in the easiest way that I know how. This is what works. This is how it happens. There's no mystery to this. You don't just wake up one day and you're more godly than you were the day before. This is a process that God has given to us in his word, and I recommend it to you. If you just remember those five things and the important promises of the word of God, you will find incredible things happening in your life. At the age of two, Caden Kobeki was diagnosed with a kidney disease. By the time he reached sixth grade, his condition was totally deteriorating. Caden had endured a kidney transplant when he was five. His father donated that kidney, but complications required it to be moved just a few days later. And Caden's been on dialysis ever since, with a dialysis plasmophoresis catheter implanted in his small chest. Doctors recently told his parents that in his condition, he couldn't receive a kidney from a deceased donor. He needed a living kidney donor. He was desperate. His family sought through a Facebook page called Caden's Kidney Search to find a donor. And they couldn't find one. Meanwhile, Caden's sixth grade technology teacher, William Wilkinson, was profoundly touched by his ailing student. William quietly decided to find out if he was a match. And if he was, he was determined to give Caden one of his kidneys. William was a match, and he became Caden's kidney donor. It wasn't until William came to visit that Caden and his family learned who the donor was. Caden's parents struggled to find words to express their gratitude to the man who gave their son a second chance at life. The Wilkinsons moved to the Atlanta area almost the same time as we did, Caden's mother wrote. We both chose the same school for our kids. Our sons are in the same class. We've been so blessed to call them our friends. This all isn't coincidence. God had a hand in this. He places us where we need to be. He puts people in our lives that we need. Will, you are such a selfless person, our true hero. We love you, we appreciate you, and we just cannot thank you enough, she said. So pause for just a moment and put yourself in Caden's place. It's hard for you to imagine someone loving you enough to do something like William Wilkinson did. But it shouldn't be hard because someone already did that for you. Someone already gave you everything you need for a second chance at the life God planned for you to enjoy. He did it out of love. He did it at great expense to himself. He did it specifically for you. So the question is, how will you spend the rest of your life that was given to you at great sacrifice? You see, according to 2 Peter, you have everything you need to live in a way that will make your life better and that will honor the donor who gave you a second chance. What power, what a promise. My prayer is that as we work through these lessons from this section of Scripture... It will dawn upon us in the deepest part of our life what God has done for us. He not only gave us eternal life so we can spend eternity with him in heaven, he gave us everything we need to live a life on this earth that will bring glory to his name. I'm still discovering a lot of this, but I hope you'll join me in the discovery process. Amen? 
Well, hey, friends, uh, before you uh, turn away from this network or begin to listen to somebody else, I want to remind you that we have a special book we'd like to give to you during this month. It's a book by Rob Morgan, and it's his rules book, his Mediterranean Sea rules book. He's got Jordan rules. He's got the Mediterranean rules. And uh, this is 152 pages based upon the navigation of Paul and his friends through a storm in the book of Acts. We are told about this. So many leadership lessons in that story and so many encouraging things for anyone going through a storm. This beautiful uh, little uh, gift book is, you can read it in, in 30 minutes probably, but it will fill you up with principles that will help you. We're always in a storm, coming out of a storm, or uh, right in the middle of one, and uh, it's good to have this information available. It's yours for the asking when you send a gift to Turning Point today. The message you just heard came to you from Shadow Mountain Community Church and Senior Pastor Dr. David Jeremiah. We love hearing how God uses Turning Point, so please write to Turning Point for God of Canada, P.O. Box 18098, RPO, Sawasan, Delta, B.C., V4L2M4. Visit our website at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or call 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of Robert J. Morgan's book, The Mediterranean Sea Rules. It offers biblical tools for navigating life's storms, and it's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also stream more than 1,200 of Dr. Jeremiah's messages on demand with our streaming service, Turning Point Plus. For a monthly gift of any amount, visit turningpointplus.org for details. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us Monday as we continue the series, Everything You Need, on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. In a world that often feels overwhelming and discouraging, discover encouraging words for a discouraging world. Ten Biblical Promises to Bring Comfort in Chaos, a new book by Dr. David Jeremiah. You'll discover how to face your circumstances with unwavering confidence and hope. Yours for a gift of any amount in support of Turning Point. And for a gift of $70 or more, Dr. Jeremiah will send you his comprehensive Encouraging Word set. Request these resources at davidjeremiah.ca. Turning Point presents the Jeremiah Study Bible, drawing on more than 40 years of study by Dr. David Jeremiah. Take your personal Bible study deeper with unique introductions to each book of the Bible. 55 full-page articles exploring the essential themes of the Christian life. 8,000 study notes with insightful and practical content, an extensive cross-reference system, and helpful sidebars that extend to topics beyond the study notes. You can also take advantage of online resources available to you at jeremiahstudybible.com. Great for individual or small group studies, this Bible is available in the New King James and New International versions in standard or large print, as well as the English Standard Version in standard print with several cover options. For more information or to order your copy, go to davidjeremiah.ca slash jsb. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash jsb. Leave it to American humorist Mark Twain to find just the right words to express plain common sense. He wrote, There are several good protections against temptation, but the surest of them is cowardice. Here's what I can take away from his words. 
There are times when the appropriate response to temptation is to flee. Run, get out of town, turn off the TV, whatever it takes. The Apostle Paul told his young protege, Timothy, flee youthful lusts. Leaving may be the very way of escape God has promised to provide for the temptations we face. So don't be afraid to run away when temptation appears. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's strength for fleeing temptation on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today.